remember, history lives on through the stories we tell. I'm Peter, and this is Who Died Today, the podcast that explores the lives of famous individuals on the day they passed away. Today we're delving into the extraordinary life of Tupac Shakur. A seminal American rapper and actor whose work in music and film has left a lasting impact on pop culture as a whole. Today marks the 27th anniversary of his death. So without any further ado, let's delve into the extraordinary early life of Tupac Shakur. Part 1. Early Life and Artistic Beginnings, 1971-1988 to Tupac Amaru Shakur entered the world on June 16, 1971, in East Harlem, New York City. He was born into a climate of social and political activism. Born to Afeni Shakur, a prominent member of the Black Panther Party, Tupac was named after Tupac Amaru II, an 18th century political leader in Peru who was executed after leading an indigenous uprising against Spanish oppression. His name itself carried the weight of resistance and rebellion, a prophecy of sorts for his own life. Afeni Shakur was not just a mother to Tupac, she was his first mentor, instilling in him a potent consciousness about his African-American heritage and the systematic inequalities that plagued American society. Afeni was arrested along with other Black Panthers for a conspiracy to bomb police stations and department stores in New York City, and she was acquitted just a month before Tupac's birth. The experience gave her a sense of resilience and defiance that she would pass down to her son. Growing up, Tupac's household was a revolving door of social and political thinkers, artists, revolutionaries, and people from all walks of life. This early exposure enriched his mental landscape, shaping his understanding of society's complex dynamics and inspiring a spirit of activism. Yet, it was also a challenging childhood marked by frequent moves and financial instability. His parents separated before he was born, and his mother's struggles with addiction were an open secret in the family. As a teenager, Tupac's family relocated to Baltimore, Maryland, where he secured a spot at the prestigious Baltimore School for the Arts. This period was a transformative chapter in his life. He became friends with actress Jada Pinkett and discovered his talents in acting, poetry, jazz, and ballet. It was a haven that allowed him to fully express himself free from the judgment he felt in other parts of his life. At school, Tupac stood out for both his artistic abilities and his unfiltered expression of ideas. He read widely from Shakespeare to Sun Tzu, drawing from various sources to form his own worldview. The poems he penned in these years serve as a blueprint for many of his future lyrics, conveying a sense of urgency about social injustice, racial inequality, and life on the streets. However, outside the nurturing walls of his school, Tupac faced the grim realities of a society plagued by racial inequality, police brutality, and a lack of opportunities for young black men. This dichotomy between the artistic sanctuary of the Baltimore School for the Arts and the harsh world outside shaped Tupac's art and his voice. His lyrics and poems would capture the pain and hardship he saw imbued with the artistic flair and raw emotion that was his signature. In 1988, family circumstances forced another move. 
this time to Marin City, California. Tupac described this period as his introduction to the game. The hard-edged street life that he had previously only observed from a distance, but even as he flirted with the perilous allure of the streets, his artistic journey had been set in motion. The fuse of a dynamite stick ready to shake the musical world and beyond. Part 2. Rise to Stardom and Controversy, 1989-1995 to As Tupac Shakur set foot in California, the hip-hop scene was undergoing a seismic shift. The late 1980s and early 1990s were a golden era for the genre, marked by the emergence of West Coast rap and gangster rap. Tupac arrived in this hotbed of creativity with a hunger for expression and a life's worth of stories to tell. He quickly immersed himself in the local rap scene, gaining attention for his unique blend of poetic lyricism and gritty realism. In 1990, he joined the hip-hop group Digital Underground as a backup dancer and rapper. His first break came when he featured in the group's same song, showcasing a charismatic presence and a distinct style that caught the eye of listeners and critics alike. Tupac had charisma that transcended the music. It was evident in interviews, in the passion he had for his craft, and in the way that he carried himself. In 1991, he made his recording debut on Digital Underground's album, This is an EP Release, laying the groundwork for his ascent to stardom. As Tupac started gaining recognition, he also attracted the gaze of law enforcement and tabloids. A series of legal troubles began to cloud his rising fame. In 1993, he faced charges for assaulting a police officer and later allegations of sexual assault. However, even amidst controversy, his artistry remained undiminished, and if anything, became more intense. In 1991, Tupac released his debut solo album, Tupacalypse Now, which featured tracks like Brenda's Got a Baby and Trapped. The album didn't shy away from addressing societal issues like racial profiling, police brutality, and the struggles of young black men in America. It was both a critical and commercial success, but it also stirred controversy for its explicit lyrics, leading politicians and activists to criticize him. In 1993, Tupac released his second album, which included hits like Keep Your Head Up and I Get Around. The album was another step up in terms of both commercial success and lyrical complexity. The hits from this album became anthems of resilience and empowerment for marginalized communities, further cementing Tupac's place as a voice for the voiceless. 1995 was a particularly turbulent and transformative period in Tupac's life. In February, he was sentenced to prison on charges of sexual abuse. Later in the year, while serving his sentence, he released his third studio album, Me Against the World. Remarkably, the album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, making Tupac the first artist to achieve a number one album while serving a prison sentence. The album was a critically acclaimed one and is often considered one of the greatest hip-hop albums ever. It was also during this time that Tupac penned some of his most reflective and introspective lyrics. Tracks like Dear Mama served as heartfelt tributes to his family, specifically his mother. 
The introspection was balanced with a growing sense of urgency and defiance, elements that would become increasingly prominent in his later works. While behind bars, Tupac read widely, diving into the works of Niccolò Machiavelli, the Italian Renaissance political theorist. These readings influenced his views on power and survival, shaping the more confrontational persona that would emerge later, encapsulated in his subsequent stage name, Machiavelli. In 1995, music producer Suge Knight, the co-founder of Death Row Records, offered to post Tupac's $1.4 million bail in exchange for him signing with Death Row. Tupac agreed, marking the beginning of a new, controversial, and ultimately tragic chapter in his life. Part 3. A Dual Life. Fame and Feuds. 1996. The year 1996 was a year of extremes for Tupac Shakur. Fresh out of prison and newly signed to Death Row Records, Tupac was at a pivotal crossroads in his life and in his career. His association with Suge Knight and Death Row Records, a label notorious for its alleged involvement in street politics and criminal activity, cast a long shadow. Yet, this period also saw Tupac at his most prolific and influential leaving a lasting mark on hip-hop culture and American society at large. Tupac wasted no time upon his release from prison. He immediately headed to the recording studio to work on his fourth studio album, All Eyes on Me, released in February 1996. The double album was groundbreaking in its scope and ambition. It debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 and was certified multi-platinum within months. The album featured iconic tracks like California Love, a duet with Dr. Dre, and To America's Most Wanted with Suge Knight. It combined bravado and introspection, joy and sorrow, and became one of the defining works of 90s hip-hop. This was also the period where Tupac's life and lyrics seemed to be intertwined in an intricate dance. The fame he had long sought was now his, complete with the fortune and lifestyle of a rap superstar. Yet, it came at a price. Death Row Records was embroiled in the notorious East Coast-West Coast hip-hop feud, and Tupac, whether he wanted to be or not, found himself in the eye of the storm. His friendship turned feud with the notorious B.I.G. and Bad Boy Records led to a series of diss tracks, public spats, and rise tensions that were highly publicized and scrutinized. Tupac's engagement in the feud was complex. On one hand, he relished the competition and was fiercely loyal to his new death row family. On the other hand, Tupac had roots on both coasts and had once been close friends with many of the figures he was now pitted against. His feelings towards the feud were a volatile mix of resentment, loyalty, and perhaps even a bit of regret. Amid the controversy, Tupac continued to use his platform for activism and social commentary. He was deeply involved in community outreach, often speaking at schools, universities, and social programs to advocate for change in a society he viewed as fundamentally broken. In interviews and public appearances, he often touched upon the need for economic empowerment and social justice in underserved communities. Tupac also dabbled in acting following up on earlier roles with a standout performance in the 1996 crime drama, Gridlocked. 
His artistic reach seemed limitless, and his message was penetrating broader cultural boundaries. However, Tupac was increasingly aware of his own mortality. He often spoke about his sense that he wouldn't live to see an old age, a foreboding feeling that suffused his lyrics and interviews. A notable aspect of this period was Tupac's continued growth as an artist and a public figure. He seemed to be reaching for a maturity that he could reconcile the various facets of his complex personality. The poet and the gangsta, the intellectual and the rebel, the artist plagued by both sensitivity and aggression. Tupac's music was maturing, and many hoped that his life would follow suit. But time was running out for Tupac. The feuds and controversies that had propelled him to staggering heights of fame were also drawing him into a web of dangers that were becoming increasingly difficult to escape. Though he had reached the zenith of his career, the undercuts of tension and conflict were pulling him towards an uncertain and ominous future. Part 4. The Final Curtain. Legacy and Tragedy. 1996. The evening of September 7, 1996, began as a celebration. Tupac Shakur was in Las Vegas to attend a boxing match between Mike Tyson and Bruce Seldon at the MGM Grand Hotel. The atmosphere was electric. Tupac was surrounded by friends and associates, including Suge Knight, the controversial CEO of Death Row Records. But the night would take a unforeseeable tragic turn. After leaving the match, Tupac and Knight were stopped at a red light when a white Cadillac pulled up alongside them. Multiple gunshots were fired. Tupac was hit four times. Suge Knight was grazed by a bullet fragment. Despite being rushed to the hospital, Tupac would succumb to his injuries six days later on September 13, 1996. He was just 25 years old. The impact of Tupac's death was immediate and far-reaching. Thousands gathered outside the hospital where he had been treated, and within hours of the news breaking, makeshift memorials appeared in cities across America. Tupac's murder seemed to confirm the worst fears about the dangers of the gangster rap lifestyle, and the East Coast-West Coast feud that had so polarized the hip-hop community. Yet, Tupac's untimely death did more than send shockwaves through the hip-hop world. It laid bare the complexities and contradictions of his life. Tupac was both a revered artist and a deeply flawed individual. His life was a web of inconsistencies. He was a man of peace who engaged in violent conflicts, a deep thinker who sometimes acted on impulse, and a poet who spoke eloquently about the struggles of his community while also facing criminal charges. In the years that followed, the mythos around Tupac only grew. Posthumously released albums like The Don Gluminati, The Seven Day Theory, turned out to be some of his most impactful work, selling millions of copies and receiving critical acclaim. These albums were filled with introspective lyrics, political commentary, and, chillingly, reflections on mortality, almost as if Tupac knew his time was running out. Documentaries and biographies attempt to dissect the complexities of his persona, but if anything, they only made it clear that Tupac was a man of many layers, not all of which could be easily understood or categorized. Even in death, he remained an enigma, 
an artist whose work was as multifaceted as his life. Moreover, Tupac's influence extended beyond music and into broader culture and political arenas. Academic courses began to study his lyrics, activists cited him as an inspiration, and new generations of rappers paid homage to him in their music. The Tupac Amaru Shakur Foundation, established by his mother, helps to provide art programs for young people. And a slew of books and scholarly articles explored his impact on everything from race relations to youth culture. Tupac's murder remains unsolved, contributing to various conspiracy theories and debates about who may be responsible for his death. But perhaps more important than the circumstances of his death is the legacy that he left behind, a legacy that continues to thrive, provoke, and inspire. His life, though cut tragically short, remains a testament to the enduring power of art to reflect the complexities of the human experience. Even as the final curtain fell on his life, the stage was set for Tupac's enduring influence, a legacy that continues to captivate and challenge us to this day. And that brings us to the end of today's episode on Tupac Shakur, a seminal American rapper and actor. He's also who died on September 13th. Additionally, if you enjoyed today's episode and want a visual of what Tupac looked like, please follow our Instagram, who period died period today. Lastly, make sure to rate us wherever you are listening and share with friends and family. Join us next time on Who Died Today as we explore the life of another remarkable individual who made a lasting and indelible mark on history. I'm your host, Peter, and thank you for listening.